Hello, uh, lovely listeners. It's me, Wicked. Wanted to come on um, because I know our schedule is now off kilter. You should have um, gotten Christmas Evil last week. And at this point, you know that the next movie will be Black Christmas. Um, Before I got sick, Black Christmas was supposed to release basically today. So I am still a bit behind uh, and going to just continue the two weeks for a little bit longer until I can catch up on some work. So I figure I'd come on and do a little bit of talking again, like I did last time. um, Seemed like people kind of liked it. And next week, the Black Christmas episode will come out, which I know it'll be a week late. And I, I really try to, I pick the movies in a very specific order. I like to, you know, record the Christmas episodes early enough so that I can get them out. And today would have been perfect because, you know, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. And um, I, I just, I like... I don't know. I, I love seasonal horror and I love being able to have something for you to listen to that's within the holiday. And now, unfortunately, next week, um, you're going to get a Christmas episode and, you know, so it's, uh, it feels a little bit off, but, you know, it is what it is. So it, you know, I'm not going to worry too much about it. And, uh, I'm sure you're going to love the black Christmas episode. It is, it is hilarious. I figured I'd come on and talk about something that's like kind of interesting to me that kind of sparked from, uh, the news that I heard that Netflix is making a new sequel to the fear street series. And they announced that it will be directed by Chloe Akunu. Those of you who may not know who she is, she wrote and directed the first segment in VHS 94. Um, not the wraparound story, but the first story, um, the one about Ratman, which was really creepy, by the way, um, and, and well done. But also earlier in the year, I recommended another movie uh, that she did. I recommended it at Encore. And also when I did my Halloween segment on the morning stream is the movie Watcher, which is streaming on Shudder. And uh, Shudder doesn't sponsor the show, but if Shudder wants to sponsor the show, hey, hey, Shudder, how you doing? Watcher is a very uh, slow burn, small cast story uh, starring Micah Monroe. It is It is very beautifully shot. I love... I love her style a lot, and uh, and that's probably one of my like top five horror movies of uh, of the year. I also thought the other Fear Street movies were really fun. Obviously, I loved the '80s one the most, and so I'm excited to see what she does with the franchise going forward. I think it's very important for women and non-binary people to have voices when it comes to directing and writing. And that's something that we're still very much lacking, even in in the year 2022. I was recommended this documentary called This Changes Everything. Um, It was produced by um, Gina Davis. And it's basically the name is about 
the fact that there are these points within movie history where people would say, oh, you know, look at Thelma and Louise, like the way that the the women are written as complex characters who can take care of themselves and stuff like this is different. This this surely changes everything and how even though those had great impact on women and society, they really didn't change. The documentary talks about um, the early days of Hollywood and how women were very heavily part of that construct as directors, as writers. They were, they were there getting their voices out there. And then at the point when the banks started getting involved with the studios, um, that's when a lot of women found themselves kind of pushed out. So we see like a very big drought of, um, you know, female voices for a long period of time. And that has, you know, that, that has a huge effect on society. You know, these are the movies that are in and around our lives. We're little kids and, you know, we go to the movies and we see these pictures, these idealistic representations of the things that we could be when we grow up. And, you know, what did I see when I was growing up? Most of the movies were heavily populated with men, you know, the main character um, and their, you know, side characters and whatnot. The story was about the men. You know, I think about one of my favorite movies of all time, top five movies of all time, um, Jaws. And I love that movie. I can, you know, I can recite a lot of it. I can... I could even find myself identifying with the characters of, you know, Martin Brody and Matt Hooper and even Quint, you know, like they're great characters, you know, fun, funny, intelligent, and, and, and they make the movie so wonderful, but there's one woman in the story. And even though she's like a great mom and she supports her husband, that's, that's all she is. That's all she gets to be. She doesn't get to be an adventurer. She doesn't get to you know, make the ultimate sacrifice and save everybody. She doesn't get to, you know, blow up the shark. She just gets to be the mom. You know, you think that's a small thing, but if that's all you ever see is that you're just going to be the mom, you're just going to be the housewife, you know, completely devoid of any actual story, any actual perspective. Because when you look behind the camera most of the directors were men as well. And most of the writers. I'm not saying there's not men out there who can direct and write, you know, an amazing story that shows the, you know, the female experience and whatnot. But seeing these stories from a different perspective, that's what changes everything. You know, watching a movie like Watcher, I can see, I can see a difference. The way the camera is placed Chloe does an amazing job of kind of making you feel like you are in, in the actress Micah's place. It making you feel what she feels like alone, like only she's seeing these things and her perspective. It's so true. Like as a woman, we, we have lived an experience like that. Like if you ask most women, we have a story of, 
you know, somebody being a creep or somebody following us or when we think someone's watching us or any number of things and beyond, you know, more horrific. We have those stories. We've lived it. We know what that experience feels like. And it feels very true. You Have you ever seen those movies where, you know, the guy is like, asks the girl out and she's like, no, I'm not interested and whatnot. And he continues to pursue her and to find her. I mean, we did that movie. Um, what was it? We did the Wolfman and the dude was staring into the girl's window with um, the high powered telescope and whatnot. And he went straight into the store to find her, to talk to her. And he even felt the need to tell her that he saw her through the window. That is such an uncomfortable feeling. But if you think about it at the time, you know, the director, the writer, men, the um, the woman in the story, inconsequential. She's just someone to be rescued, someone to move the plot along, basically. And so, you know, it, it didn't really matter how she felt about the situation. And in general, at that point in society, that's just it's kind of what you had to deal with. It is a movie of its time, and uh, I can still appreciate the rest of the movie and be a little creeped out by that part. So the documentary talks about this drought where now we're not directing, we're not writing, you know, women aren't seen in, in Hollywood as much. You see these very heavily, you know, driven, you know, masculine stories. They talk to... Um, so many women directors who came up in the in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and how hard it was for them to get and find work when they would look around and see their contemporary male counterparts and the people they went to school with, um, you know, making tons of movies and, and, and winning awards and stuff. I mean, it's hard to not let that uh, kind of erode the dream you had for yourself as a director. You know, it's it's 2022. Only seven women have ever been nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director. Seven. Only two women have won. Those numbers show so much. I think a lot of people would take those numbers and just assume that that's because women aren't as talented as men, that women don't know how to direct or write. And it's just simply not true. The only thing that's different between men and women is the opportunities that they've each been given and the perspective that each can bring. And I love movies. Uh, horror movies especially, but movies in general, I love. You know, near half the world is made up of women and non-binary people. And, you know, such a small sliver of movies are, you know, written and directed by women. That means that half the population doesn't get to see itself in the movies that it watches doesn't get to see its perspective out there in the world. You know, it's not just women and and non-binary people. It's also people of color, people of different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, and 
people of different religions and it's as though movies have this kind of you know myopic lens that is just you know the same thing over and over again in the documentary they talk about the um, i believe they called it the csi effect which was um when the show csi premiered and it had one of the main characters a woman as a forensic you know one of the people who worked in forensics you know they saw a rise in women going after careers in forensics you know when jennifer lawrence did um the movie with the arrow and what shall call it i can't remember the name of the movie but um with the bow and arrow um they saw a dramatic rise of girls and women taking archery classes. It is something in our society that the things that we consume, you know, the things that we watch on television or see in the movies and, and listen to, they, they do affect us. And, you know, just seeing it makes it something that could be possible. And that's enough to ignite um, a spark of, you know, of a dream. When I was a little kid, I used to listen to radio stations and stuff. I wanted to be on the radio, but for the most part, it was, uh, it was mostly guys. And I didn't think that I could do that, you know, and time went on in life and, and I found podcasting and the first shows that I listened to were, were guys. And, you know, I realized that this is something that I wanted to do still but it wasn't until I started listening to other female podcasters that it really made me feel like it was something that I could actually do. They inspired me to actually go and and do the thing. It was <laughs> to have that kind of um, spark ignited like later in my life was very important. I wish that I could have had that at a younger age. So um, maybe I would have started you know, podcasting younger, or maybe I would have tried to do something with the radio. And it's not to say that movies can, you know, make us be things that we would never have done or change us into different people. It's just that seeing the possibility is enough. And seeing that possibility young, it makes it even more possible. It's the same thing by seeing queer characters. You know, imagine if queer characters were portrayed on the screen in, you know, in a much more positive light earlier on. That probably would have been something that helped a lot of queer kids growing up you know, seeing that perspective and maybe you're growing up and you don't exactly understand why, you know, you look the way that you do or why people treat you a certain way or why you have certain feelings. It would have been nice to see other people like you, to hear other experiences that match yours. You know, this is another reason why I'm a fan of certain kinds of social media, I won't say all because obviously there is a huge, uh, horrible side to social media, but 
um, being able to interact with people all across, you know, the globe um, in different cultures, religions. It's, it's amazing. You know, it's different. It's not like reading a book that was written by somebody who maybe didn't know everything that was going on or, you know, a history book that was just wrong. (laughs) I make it a point to bring up who writes and directs the movies, who are the actors in it. And a lot of times, you know, the special effects person, when we talk about a movie on gore, I, I think those things are very important to point out when we watch a movie and talk about how it made us feel or, you know, what we thought of it. There are so many themes that are hidden within horror movies and so many coded messages uh, that I think it's so important to take the time to kind of break it down and to figure out, you know, what it means to us. You know, what was the director trying to say to us and what do we get from the story? Why is it that people couldn't be who they were and speak their true experience at different times in history? I'm not only going to watch movies, you know, directed and written by women and non-binary people. It's just that it's important to look at these things. It's important to point these things out when we see them and... And as tiny of a platform as, you know, gore is, I would like to use these little kind of editorial things that I've started doing as kind of a way to support and hype up uh, mostly horror directors, in my opinion, um, because we're talking about such a small chasm of of talent and um, and we need more people. And I think it's important that no matter the gender of the director or the writer or the people in it, uh, to support people making horror movies, basically, to hype up the movies when we see something that we really like, to talk about who writes it and directs it and who's working with who in collaborations and whatnot. You know, and maybe someday Chloe Okunu will win an Academy Award for some amazing horror movie. Or, you know, maybe she'll step into another arena Either way, I'm I'm excited to see what she does. And Mike Monroe, who starred in Watcher, uh, also It Follows and Significant Other. Um, those are all great showcases of her talent. I, I'm also looking forward to see what she does in the future. And, you know, it would be so cool to see them collaborating together again. I'd be absolutely interested in that. I think it's going to take us a long time to get to a point where we're at a level playing ground. It's going to take, you know, more and more women getting into directing and writing, writing the stories from their perspective, getting the opportunities to hone their talents in in smaller ways. The documentary also had quite a few actresses from... uh, TV series, including uh, Mark, I think her name is Mark Helgenberger, blanking on her name, but um, talking about how she did like, I don't know, like 267 episodes of CSI and worked with probably five women directors. And that's, that's kind of a problem. Television is 
a really great resource in a lot of ways for, you know, up and coming young directors to get some, you know, experience directing under their belt. If that's what they want to do, obviously, I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm not saying that's the only way, but it's a lot of opportunities, 267 episodes, you know? And, And those opportunities are sometimes and usually the things that get you into the next thing. I think it's very important for me to point out when there's a a woman director or writer, I think that when I have the opportunity to showcase somebody with talent on gore, um, I do think that's important. No matter how big or small my platform is, somebody's listening. It is my responsibility to hype up these women, to hype up these stories, to make sure people give you know, these movies, a first glance or even a second glance to see what they're really about and what what things look like from the other side. Because as a woman, our perspective is very different. That was a lot longer than I thought I would go for. <laughs> but, um, and thank you so much for making it to the end and listening to this whole thing. Um, I really appreciate you listeners out there. And uh, if you have any feedback, find the show on Twitter, at Gore Podcast. Um, You can email the show at gorepodcast13 at gmail.com. Yeah. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash gore13. Yes. Um, and next week you'll get your Black Christmas episode and, um, and probably the week after that, I will have another, um, something short to, uh, talk about. I have been thinking I'm going to grab the other hosts and one at a time kind of, you know, maybe do like a, an interview type thing. So maybe you'd all like to get to know the rest of the crew um, individually. So we'll see how that goes. And then we'll go on from there. Uh